Philippians, Philippians uh, starting at Philippians chapter 1, Philippians chapter 1, beginning at verse, uh, let's begin at verse 12, verse 12. I'm reading out the New King James Version of the Bible. The things which have happened unto me have actually turned out for the furtherance, another version says, the advancement of the gospel. Verse 13, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Indeed, some preach Christ even from envy and from strife, and some also from goodwill. Verse 16, he goes on to say, And the former preached Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my chains, but the latter out of love, verse 17, that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. Verse 18, he goes on and switch it. He says, what then? Another version says, what does it matter what they say? Look at somebody say, it don't matter what they say. Amen. Amen. He says, what then? Only that in every way, uh, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice. He goes on, go on and say, and yes, I will rejoice. Verse 19, he says, for I know that this, whatever I'm going through, will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. Verse 20, he goes on to say, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now also in Christ will be magnified in my body, whether whether by life or by death. Verse 21, for me, for for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If you would, in unison and very loudly, if you read verse, I want you to read verse 12. Then I want you to drop down to verse 19, 20 and 21 and read that. Ready? Read. Uh huh. Mm hmm. All right. Come on, read. Uh huh. Amen. Look at somebody say, in other words, there is purpose in my problem. One more verse of scripture. I'm going to have you take your seat. Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. We're going to zero in on one particular verse of scripture this morning. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8. And when you have it, give me a hearty amen. amen. The scripture says, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. If you would, in unison and very loudly, read that one verse together. Ready? Read. Amen. Look at somebody before you take your seat. If you're not too mean, if you're not too cute, look at them. Say, in other words, in other words there, is there is purpose in your problem. In your problem. Find somebody on the other side, the west side, the east side. Look at them. Go grab them by the hand. Tell them I love you. 
Come on, if you're not too cute, if you're not too mean, grab somebody by the hand. If you're not too stuck on yourself, grab them by the hand and encourage them. Say, I love you. And I, but I want you to know there is purpose in the problem. Look at some, go find somebody else. Go find somebody else. Don't be mad. Don't just move around. Find somebody else and grab by the grab them by the hand. Say, I love you to I love you. Say, I, I love you. Saying, I ain't scared of you. But I want you to know. There is purpose in every problem that you face. Look this way, said Pastor Mitchell, as we make our way back to our scene, we want you to know there is purpose in every problem that you face. You may have your seats in the presence of the Lord. Part two of this particular series you know, we started this last week because I recognize you can turn this fan off. That would be great. Uh, I recognize that no matter what walk of life we are in, all of us are going to face some difficulties, some challenges or some problems in, in, in our lives. I mean, you could be saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, running with the everlasting fire. That's what they say back in the old church. <laughs> With a bumper sticker on your on the back of your car with the CDs in your car. But I mean, no, no matter who you are, white, black, rich, poor, young, old, you're going to have some problems. And the reality is, as God's people, uh, Jesus said, when you even make up in your mind to start living godly, watch that. He said, you're going to suffer some problems. And, you know, and it's wonderful that we have a savior that we can go to as an example of how to deal with the issues and the situations that we face. I mean, matter of fact, that's one of the reasons why Jesus had to come physically on the earth is to provide an example to the people of God that were here. So that watch this. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, we can look unto him who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Simply meaning that he started it and he going to finish it. Look at somebody say, whatever God started in me. He going to finish it. Matter of fact, we're, we're reminded by Paul in the book of Philippians, and we don't have to go there right now. And I'm just going to idle my motor, lay some foundation, because I do want to get to the six principles, the six things that God shows us and how uh, our problems have or there's purpose in everything that we go through. Amen. Look at somebody said there is purpose in every problem. But Paul reminds us in the book of Philippians chapter one, verse six, he says, you know what? I'm confident that whatever God began in you, he'll complete it. Amen. Meaning that whatever God, whatever work God put in you to do, no matter what you got to go through, elders, God says, I'm going to finish what I started. Amen. And aren't you grateful that God is not like a lot of folks who start something and they don't. I'm going to go ahead and get this patio and well, you'll never get to it. I know I'm going ahead of class because, you know, sometimes I'll have a hard time finishing what I start. Oh, don't say amen too loud. You know, your wife, husbands, you tell your wife you're going to do something and you start it. But boy, they looking at the finish. Ain't nobody talk. They ain't going to slap you in church, husbands. This is just, but the bottom line of front is, you know, it's wonderful to have someone in our life who can begin a thing. And not only can we be confident that whatever God began, watch this, he finished what he started. Man, the scripture says this. He says, watch this. He actually does the end before the beginning, which means God, write this. He predesignate. Am I losing anybody? He already finishes the task that he's that he begins. That's how bad your God is. He's like, you know what? I'm going to start something. But I want them to know that when I started, I'm already I've already finished it. 
See, that's why Jesus could be confident going to the cross. He said, man, I got to go through this. He said, but God, I know that whatever you start, you've already finished. But God wants to remind us this morning that no matter what's going on in our life, no matter what we face him, Sister Tissa, that he's already finished the work that he started. He already watched this, had the blueprint of victory for your life, even when it started. And watch this. I know you got to back up and go through some things. But watch this. I can go through it confidently knowing that at the end of the book, I win. I mean, however, how many ever watched or was getting ready to go watch a good movie and, you, and somebody came and spoiled it and told oh, you the end of the movie? Yeah. Don't tell me what happened. I don't. Right. Because the reality is uh, when you already know the end, it kind of spoils the actual story. But not in this case, because we already know that the end of the gospel is that we win. Matter of fact, if you turn all the way to the back of the book from the front of the book, you'll know that uh, uh, God says, but to him who overcomes, I'm going to give him something, which means you've already won. Look, somebody say, I've already won. So when we talk about our problems or purpose in our problems, we have to understand that everything that we go through is for our benefit and God's benefit. Matter of fact, the scripture says he worked all things out for the good of them. Watch this. Who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So anytime you and I are called according to God's purpose or watch this. The reason why we exist. We're going to go through a little something, something. But look at somebody said there's purpose in every problem. So we started this as a subtitle said that there, there is always meaning in the mess. We know James. Let's go to the scripture. Let's lay some foundation so I can get on this. James chapter one, verse two and four. He says, my brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. I love what first lady came out and said concerning uh, the, the black history month. He says without uh, problems or without struggle, there is no progress. How many know anytime you and I are making progress for the kingdom of God, we're going to have a little struggle. Amen. But we can look at that struggle, not in the eyes or in the way that the world looks at the struggle. Elders, we can look at it. Watch this with an inside scoop saying, you know what? I know it looks a little rough right now, but at the end, I win. I know it's struggling right now, but at the end, I win. It's working for me. You mean I got to cry a little bit? It's working for me. You mean I got to let people talk about me? It's working for me. You mean I got to let people lie on me and talk about me? It's working for me. You mean I got to let some folks slap me in my face? Lord, I don't know how it's working, but it's working. I ain't quite there yet. Somebody said, Lord, increase my faith. But anything that happens to us, our brother and our sister, we got to know that it's working for us. It is in the mix that God has already finished. So, so Paul or the writer says we can count it all joy when we fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of our faith produces patience. And how many know the test always comes before the prize? The test always comes before the prize. You're not going to graduate without going through a test. Ain't nobody talking to me right now. You're not even going to get a license without going through a test. I mean, if you want to get something, you got to go through the test first. But some folks ain't getting it because they're not passing them. Lord, I don't want to go through this. God said, no, 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 no. You want to go through that test because at the end of that test, there's a prize. Look at somebody say, I don't like tests. All right. Some folk don't like tests. 
I like tests. Personally, I like tests because tests go, tests make me tighten up and realize, man, what did I actually learn? It, it, it made me go, mm -hmm. okay, now I get a chance to see what I learned, and then where I fall, while I've fallen short, I get to learn again. Right. Have you ever taken a test and you knew that you, could, you, you had to pass it with a certain amount of, I'm going somewhere, you had to pass it with a certain amount of answers, and you missed it maybe about one or two, and then they showed you what you missed, and they said, but you're going to get a chance to take that test again. How many of y'all been like, okay, now I know what I learned, give me that. Am I by myself? And you were determined that when you when that test was put before you again, now that you know the answer, you was going to make sure you put the right. Am I losing anybody? Because you wanted something. So, again, Paul reassures us or the James reassures us. He says, count it all joy when you fall into these, these trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. I like this in the living Bible. He says, then if your life is full of difficulties and temptation, then be happy. Pastor, I came for you to encourage me. I'm telling you, be happy. Okay. He says, if you, is your life full of difficulties and temptations? Now, what do you think the answer is? Yes. All right. Yes. Your life is full of difficulties and temptations? Yes. Oh, come on. Some of y'all are so saved. Don't nothing tempt you. You so saved. You ain't got no difficulties. Come on now. You said, where they at then? They need to show me. Got to go. He says, for when the way is rough, then your patience has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Look at somebody said, let it grow. And then he encourages and said like this. Watch it. He gets down to the nitty gritty, Sister Nina. He said, don't you try to squirm at your problems. How many of y'all know people who try to squirm out of every test that they go through? Look at somebody say, it's working for you. Amen. Let's keep on going. The message Bible, he says, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when testing challenges come at you from, I like this, Brother Corey, he says, from all sides. Knowing that under pressure, I like this, your faith life, everybody say faith life, faith. not fake life. Because <laughs> how many know some folk talk a good game until the pressure is on? Am I, am I losing anybody? Anybody can quote scriptures and put them on Facebook until the pressure is on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, quote, they, they putting the whole Bible on Facebook, and then when the pressure hit, it's like, what's in you is going to come at you. I thought you just posted that. Look at somebody say, he is talking about them already. The reason I go there is because, again, anytime you and I face situations and circumstances, we have to know that it's bringing out our faith life. Where our, watch this, where our belief is looking in, I mean, where our belief is, is connected or our faith is connected to and where our faith is finished from. If I know he is the author and the finisher, when I'm going through, watch this, I'm not looking at what I'm going through. I'm looking to him. All right. Your faith life is forced into the open. And I like this one. It shows your what? True colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. I like this one in the voice Bible. He says as he says, don't run from test and hardship, brothers and sisters. Look at somebody said, don't be running from it. See, I like David. When David got a chance, I'm going somewhere. When David, when that Goliath was talking junk, David says, watch this. David didn't tuck tail and run from the, he didn't say, oh, no, my goodness. Man, do y'all see that junk? Oh, my goodness. No, Sparky. 
When Goliath presented himself, David said, okay, Joker. Oh, you talk, oh, oh, you, you talking to me? You talking to me? He said, now, they all may be scared, but I got something that's on the inside of me that they're trying to wear, but it's not really on the inside. They talk about faith, but they don't have that. They don't really understand that faith is on the inside working in me, not what I put on the outside. Amen. And he said, they may tuck tail and run. He says, but when the giants start coming at David, brother, brother Dalen, the scripture says David went after him. And I could just see all them people with the, all their armor talking about this brother is crazy. But how I many you know when problems and when problems in life or when we face problems in life, we don't run from them. No. I go head on into it. Amen. Look at somebody say, I go head first Amen. into the problem. All right, that's going to mean something in a minute. He says again, uh, one more time, say, I go head first into the problem. So he says, don't run from testing hardships, brothers and sisters. As difficult as they are, you ultimately will find joy in them if you embrace them. Now, we said last week, again, that problems, problems are a part of our life. They're necessary. They're what we go through. They're things that we learn. They're things that we have to go through. And I mean, no, no matter who you are, you're going to have to go through some tests and some trials. So, Pastor, OK, bring the revelation. We already know that. Amen. I want you to know that no matter what's happening, you can go into it head first. Look, somebody say, I'm going into it. Head first. Now, we know problems require what? Solutions. It's not up on the screen. And solutions involve answers. Answers require what? Investigation. Investigations involve what? Questions. And questions are ignited by our problems. Am I losing anybody? And so, again, when we deal with problems and situations, it's going to require a solution. God, I got an issue. I need a solution. But that solution is going to involve some answers. And how I many know we can get all our answers from the book? Amen. And isn't it interesting that when people go through the test, sometimes they say the hardest test to take is an open book test. So how do you fail an open book test? How do you fail an open book test? Huh? She said if you didn't study, you don't know where to find the I mean, test is being given. Am I boring anybody? Test is being given in life and people are failing an open book test. Many times you would think that an open book test was the easiest one to take. Say it again. It is because when that question comes up, you go, mm, 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 I already know. Mm, shoot. I, So the reality is that whenever we deal with problems, my daughters and my sons in the faith and natural, whenever we deal with problems, they require solutions. And those solutions involve answers. And those answers, watch this, require you to investigate or study. Look at somebody says study. study. You'll be able to pass the test. I'm going somewhere. Hopefully I'm not putting you to sleep. And then, of course, and then that investigation, it involves questions. You want to begin asking God. Yes, it's OK to say, God, why am I going through this? 
Am I by myself? Who ever asked God why? Matter of fact, when your children are young, the, one, of the, one of the first inquisitive things they begin to learn is why? 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 And you get to use some of the most powerful anointed words as a parent because I said No, as a parent, you get holy, you get anointed, and you say, you asking me why, and you get to use them anointed, that anointed phrase that starts with because and ends with because I said so. God, why am I going through this? Because you're going to have to go through it. Look at somebody say, say, it's okay to ask God why. But I got to go. God, this is too good. And then, but we already know that everything that we learn in, everything that we go through, we got to learn from it. So Jesus gave us an example in Hebrews 5 and 8. And the Bible says, watch this. It's up there. If you put it up there. Though he was a son, he had to. No, no, no. Though he was a son. Ooh, wait, 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 wait. Though he was a son. Though he was, though he was God's son, <laughs> you mean Jesus had to learn too? He, what you say? He was a baby. Some folks don't realize that everything that you're going through is there to teach you something about you. Did I say everything? Matter of fact, even your friends that you hang around help you to learn a little bit of something about you. Look at somebody say, it's time to learn from what we go through. So we know we can take confidence in this. And the Bible says that though he was God's son, yet he learned trusting and obedience by what he suffered. I'm like, every time I read that, I go, man, God, are you serious? This is Jesus. But I love this anointed portion, so I don't put y'all to sleep. By what he suffered, watch this, watch this. Just as we do. But the reality is some folks won't learn from what you've gone through. Look at somebody say, he is talking about them. <sighs> Am I losing anybody? So we know that a problem last week, we gave the definition, it's up here. It's a question, situation that presents an uncertainty or perplexity or difficulty. Have you ever had a situation that presented an uncertainty? You didn't know how it was going to work out. You were perplexed. It was difficult. And then we know a problem is a person that it's hard to deal with. Say, I know none of y'all have any of those people in your lives. You don't have nobody that's hard to deal with. Y'all have passed that test. She says, I don't know who you're talking to. He ain't talking about me on this one. How many of you had a hard person to deal with? I mean, your cousin was hard to deal with. Your auntie was hard to deal with. Your husband was hard to deal with. <laughs> I'm just, she said, I ain't going to say nothing. I'm going to just sip this tea. But the reality is people are not problems. People, are, people just have problems. Yeah. Say it with me. People are not problems. People just have problems. They just appear to be the problem. But how I many know when you face those problems, you got to let your, inter or your faith speak, even when you're dealing with hard people? Thank you. Thank you. Am I losing anybody? Okay. And then we know that 
we know that a problem is a question put forth for consideration or discussion. God, I'm going through this. I'm dealing with this. What is what is really popping off? Now, we said last week, don't even put that next thing up there. But we said last week that problems are not all the way. I mean, we don't want to always put the problem in the negative category uh, for life, because how many know there are some good problems that you can have? I got too many clothes in my closet. That's a good problem. A good I got problem. too much money in the bank. That's a good problem. I got too many people in the church. I need. I can't. I don't have nowhere to put them. I mean, oh, that's a good problem. Man, everybody's giving and they keep giving and over and above. I can't stop. Pe- I can't even count all the money that people are giving. I mean, oh, that's a good problem. I got a man that treats me like the queen that he knows that I am and he recognizes the pearl goes through the process of pain. But when he sees it, he recognizes the jewel that I am. I mean, no, that's a good problem. That's not, that's not a problem at all. That's you said that's not a problem. I got a woman, bro. She loved me, man. She loved me, man. She cooked for me. And watch this. She could cook good, dog. That's a good problem. When I come home, she rubbed my feet. Somebody said, what kind of man you got? (laughs) Amen. But the point of the message is not all problems have to be bad. But the reality is, you know, nine times out of ten, we're going through difficult situations that that present uncertainty or that present perplexity or that is difficult to deal with. And so the reality is all of us will face problems. Now, we, a wise man said last week, and we know that, again, problems, he said it up here, uh, if you put it up there, problems are just resistance that God allows to do what? Sculpt our characters and shape our soul. So problems are just resistance that God allows to scope our character. When you're dealing with situations and circumstances, even when you're by yourself, God just wants to sculpt your character. Because how many know that's when when nobody's looking? That's when you're really who you are. Let me say that again. How many know you are who you are when nobody's looking? That's who you really are. So that's your character. When you're dealing with situations, God is sending. Watch this. He allows resistance to scope. Thank you, sir. To scope your character and do what? Now, I'm 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 going to pause right here. Brother Dalen, you know it as well as you do, Brother Corey, and anybody else that goes to the gym, you recognize that there are two types of weights when when you're lifting weights or when you're getting in shape. There's what is called a positive weight, and then there's what is called a negative weight. The positive weight is when they put the bar, you take the bar and you take it off and it comes down and you handling it. That's positive. Everybody's good. Everybody's talking. I mean, talking good about you. That's positive. Demonstrate. Positive weight. Going down. Positive weight. Everything's good. But what builds the muscle is the what? The resistance. If I don't have resistance in my life, I'm not really building any And if even if even if my muscles shaking, but that resistance I got to know is working for me, not a So why do I got to deal with hard things in life? Because God is trying to build your faith muscle. Amen. 
It's cool when everything is well. You having, you having sex, you and your husband having sex, the money's in the bank, everything is all right, everybody talking good about you. But when you have resistance, it's actually building your what? Faith muscle. It is sculpting your character and it is shaping your soul. A lot of God's people don't want to go through nothing. They want to actually ignore what they're going through to get to the to victory side. But how many know you can't get to victory without going through a little something, something. Amen. And matter of fact, anything that you and y'all can attest to this. Anything that you fight for and you know is worthy of having. How many know it's hard for people to take it away once you fought for it? Am I losing anybody? Am I boring anybody? So problems are resistance that God allows to what sculpt our character and shape our soul. Is that all right? Say that with me. Ready? Read it. So we know we open up the story with Paul. Go to the next slide. We know we open up the story with Paul. He was in prison. Paul was in prison. He was writing this letter to the Philippian church and he was encouraging them concerning the things that he was going through. He says, I know I want you to know that what has happened to me. All right. Because how many know everybody has a what had happened? What had happened was. All right. But Paul didn't stop there. He says, I know what has happened to me has actually watch this. What does it mean to me? He says, now I'm going to convert what has happened to me. What has happened to me, I'm going to convert what it means to me. What I've gone through, what does it mean to me? And then he let his faith speak by giving it an interpretation. Why? This happened to me because I know it's going to turn out for my deliverance. And faith, watch this, faith, stay stay with me, y'all. Look up here. Faith is the interpretation that affects the why and informs the what. I'll say it again. Faith is the interpretation of the situation that has happened to you that affects your why and it informs the what. Because how many know when you have a why, you can endure the what? Faith is the interpretation. Matter of fact, Paul says, I'm in this prison. I'm sitting here in this dungeon because I know I've done right or or people think I've done wrong. But regardless what has happened to me, what does it mean to me? Hmm, there are people who are going to be encouraged because of what I've gone through. So faith interprets the situation because how I many know if you're not careful, feelings will interpret it and drown out the why. And feelings only focus on the what. But when you have a why, it informs the what. And watch this. When you have a why, you can endure any how. Am I losing anybody? But Paul didn't stop there in the interpretation. He says, I know what has happened, what it means to me. This is my interpretation. But he goes on and says, but my earnest expectation." I'm going through this because God wants to do something in my life. I have an earnest expectation. Everybody say expectation. Expectation. Simply my anticipation. Now I shared with you last week that this is the Greek word. Paul had to come up with a Greek word, that earnest expectation of apo 
Apokaradokia. Apo, everybody say Apo. Kara. Dokia. Apo. Kara. Dokia. Dokia. Simply meaning, God's, I mean, Apple means to turn. Kara means the head. And Dokia or Dokia means to stretch forth with anticipation. So Paul says, no matter, I know I'm in this prison. I know I'm in this situation, but I'm going, I, have, I, I can't look at these dungeon walls. I got to keep turning my head. And then I got to stretch forth with anticipation. Everybody say Apple. Kara. Dokia. So we know that, again, it's, it's not a matter of what has happened. What does it mean to you? What's the interpretation? And what's your anticipation? How many know that everything you go through has a purpose? So we said last week that our, our power phrase was problems are just transformational, per, or, or transformational places for the God-centered man and woman. Problems are just what? transformational places for the God-centered man and woman. How many know that this butterfly has to go through a transformation in order for it to soar above its situation? So just like when you and I face, now I'm getting into the teaching, just like when you and I face situations and circumstances, they are just transformational places to take us to where we need to go. And you're probably saying, yeah, pastor, I get it. I understand. But I don't get how that's going to be a transformational place. I'm going to show you how Paul looked at it. Romans chapter five, verse three. He says, but not only that, we also glory in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. How many know it'll produce something? I like this in the living Bible. He says we can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they are good for us. They help us to what? Next, next, next slide, please. Next slide. Next slide. They help us to what? Learn to be patient. So everything that I go through is to teach me, is to help me to learn. I like the message Bible. He says we continue to shout our praise even though we're hemmed in with troubles. I'm teaching because we know that troubles can develop passionate patience in us. And how that patience, I love this, Eldris, turns, I mean, in turn forges a tempered steel of virtue. They said, uh, a wise man said, do you not know that your testimony is a down payment to your destiny? Everything you go through, I mean, it's a down payment to your destiny. Matter of fact, everything you go through is an investment to who God is going to take you to. And I like I like the, the next part of that message, Bible, verse uh, three, it says, keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. Apocaradokia. I'm stretching my for I'm stretching my head forward to what I know God is going to do next. So you're saying, OK, Pastor, you said problems serve a purpose. Well, what does problems come to do? Problems, first of all, comes to advance the gospel in and of our lives. Problems come to advance the gospel in and of our lives. Paul says, I'm in this because the situation that I'm facing serves to advance the gospel or the good news in my life. You're probably saying, oh, Pastor, come on, what you talking about? I'm talking about that anytime you and I are in this situation, that serves 
to advance the good news in our lives. Child, let me tell you, I went through this and let me show you how God worked out. <laughs> the word advance here, you can write it down. It's not on my screen. It's not on the screen. The word advance simply means to make headway regardless of the blows. To make headway in spite of the severe blows to roll with the punches while still making progress. Do I need to say that again? The word advance here means to make headway in spite of the severe blows to roll with the punches while I'm still making progress. How many know that's what the gospel is designed to do in your life? I've been knocked down, but I'm still making headway. I'm still moving forward. I'm still rolling with the punches while I'm making progress. Am I losing anybody? So the problems come to serve or advance the gospel in our life. The second thing that the problems come to do is they come to aid us in gathering a better perception of the situation. We get a greater understanding when we're dealing with problems. It's like, OK, God, now I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get a better and a greater. I'm learning some things about me so I can get a greater understanding about me in this problem. Am I losing anybody? So we gain a greater perception or a greater understanding of ourselves. Then the third thing that problems come to do, watch this. They come to aid us in gaining a greater perception or perspective of the situation. Once I get a greater understanding of myself, once I get a greater understanding of why I'm going through what I'm going through, then I can see it a little different than what everybody else is seeing it to be. In the book of 2 Kings chapter 6, there was a man by the name of Elijah and his servant, and the army was coming up against Elijah and his servant. And the servant began to panic because all he could see was the chariots that were coming up against him. And Elijah, the man of God, prayed and said, Lord, I need you to watch this. Open up his spiritual eyes so he can actually begin to understand and see the situation the way you see the situation. And the Bible went on to say that he opened up the man, the servant's eyes, and the servant was like, okay, there is more with us than there are more who's against us. Pastor, how is this connected to my situation? Because anytime you and I are faced with a difficult situation and circumstances, that situation is there to teach you something about you and watch this, your faith life. And then when it teaches you something about your faith life, you begin to walk by faith and not by sight. You begin to see it different than everybody else sees it. Am I losing anybody? So it aids us in gaining a greater perspective of our life. And then I like this. Paul says, again, some preach the gospel for this. Some preach the gospel for that. But regardless of how they're preaching, I'm just grateful that the gospel is being preached. So when you and I are facing problems and situations, they also assist us in a realignment of our priorities. What's actually important? What is actually important? I'm giving all my energy to this. And what's really important? Please put that next one up there, Keith. Thank you. It assists us in realignment in the realignment of our priorities. 
Paul says, I'm not tripping off of what everybody else is doing. The priority is this. So when you and I are facing a problem, when you and I are facing a situation, it helps us not only to gain a better understanding, to see it the way God sees it, but what really is important in my life? Am I losing anybody? How, what, am I giving all my energy to something? What's really important? The important thing is I know that this is going to turn out for my deliverance. That's the important thing. Amen? Amen. The next thing, problems serve to prepare us for the promise. Problems serve to prepare us for the promise that God has for us. How many know that every time you and I face a problem, there's going to be, I'm sorry, every time we're moving toward a promise, there's going to be a test. And problems serve to prepare us for the promise. And the last thing, problems serve to reveal the glory of God in our lives. It's quiet, but that's all right. I'm going to keep teaching. Problems serve to reveal the glory of God in our life. There was a blind man in the book of John. And the scripture goes on to say, who did sin? The people was curious. Who did sin that this man was born blind? And Jesus said, no, ain't nobody sin. This thing was done so that the glory of Lord can be revealed. There was a man by the name of Lazarus. And they said, they said man, Jesus, for you was only here by, by, by this, at this time, then my, my Lazarus would have been alive. And Jesus said, no, no, no. Lazarus is dead so that the glory of God can be revealed. Everything that you're dealing with, everything that you're going through is so the glory of God can be revealed. I'm going through this so God can give me a greater understanding. I can walk through this by faith and not by sight. I can realign what I'm dealing with so, God, you can prepare me for the promise and you get the glory. How in the world you get how do how the world you get delivered from alcohol? God gets the glory. How the world you get delivered from people walking off and leaving you? God gets the glory. Am I losing anybody? So problems serve to advance the gospel in our lives so that we can make headway regardless of the things that we're dealing with while making progress. It comes to aid us in gaining a or better perception or an understanding of the situation. It helps us to gain a greater perspective of the situation. It helps us and assist us in aligning our priorities. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added unto you. God, I got to do some realignment because you are preparing me for the promise. And it ultimately reveals your glory. First Peter 5 and 10 and 11. I'm closing. First Peter 5, uh, 10 and 11 says, keep a cool head. Stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better to catch you napping. Keep your guard up. Watch this. You are not the only ones plunged into these hard times. <laughs> Look at somebody say, you ain't the only one going through. He said, you are not the only one plunged into these hard times. The same is happening with Christians all over the world. But he goes on to say, so keep a firm grip on the faith. This suffering won't last forever and it won't be long before the generous God who has great plans for us. The eternal and glorious plans they are will have you. I like this, Eldris. He going to have you put together and on your feet for good. He gets the what? He gets the what? He says he gets the last word. Yes, he does. Look at somebody say, regardless of what I'm going through, 
God gets the last word. And the word is, there is purpose in every problem that I face. If you're learning to think, give the Lord a good hand of praise. Come on, stand to your feet. There is purpose in every problem that we face. That, per that problem comes to reveal the glory of God. Help us to understand, get a better perception, a better perspective. But no matter what we're dealing with, no matter what we go through, God wants to teach us that there is purpose in that problem. With every head bowed and every eye closed, Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We honor you, Lord God, for your presence today. We thank you, Father God, that as we digest your word this morning, as we feed upon your word, that, God, we can, we can, we can put ourselves in the position of your son. That everything that we deal with, God, we're learning obedience by the things that we suffer. We thank you, Father God, that our problems that we face do have a purpose, Lord God, and how you are shaping us and you are molding us even in the midst of it all. We thank you, Father God, for this word. And I just pray, Father God, your blessings upon your people. I thank you, Father God, again, for what we have learned and what we have gone through and what we, you are taking us to. And we just give you glory in Jesus' name. Come on, put your hands together. Give God praise this morning.